That's probably why. That's the only part of the song that I actually know. This is the uh, Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And Que Pasa USA is the, well, part of the first portion of uh, of this month's show. Episodio Cinco. Can you believe we're already on five? I know. Five. One, two, three. Count Ah, with ah, me ah. now. Five. Five episodios. So before we get too deep into Que Pasa USA and One Life, One Life to Live, One Day at a Time. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no. What did, what, what did you grow up with? What did you grow up watching? So in my, it was very different. I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, which we've talked about a little bit before. But in my own house with my parents, uh, we watched definitely The Cosby Show. Boo, Bill Cosby. We watched Alf. Alf. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking about Willie. I loved Alf. Right. In the evenings as a family, those are things that I remember watching. My dad also watched Bill dance fishing on the weekends. Wow. You think, yeah. I Sometimes I wonder how do people watch golf? Because I'm just, that's not my thing. But how do people watch fishing? That's a thing. That's a, yeah. Oh my God. Talk about Bocho watching fishing did it help him any i i guess like did he was he a better fisher for watching it like no i would have never used that lure you fool i don't know he wasn't like throwing things at the tv Mm. i don't know but that was like my house we would and then my sister and i would watch you know whatever we would watch as kids we didn't watch i didn't watch spanish tv at my mom's house i was just gonna ask did you guys have any spanish tv on no we didn't watch spanish tv at my mom's house unless like someone was over that wanted to watch something but no we didn't by choice watch it we would watch bewitched and adam's family and you know different that's interesting that you said by choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't ever remember it being said in the house that don't watch Spanish language television. Mm-hmm. It wasn't understood, though, that you don't watch Spanish television. Mm. Even though in our house there was a lot of news, like we watched straight up the McNeil Lehrer News Hour on PBS. Right. We watched 60 Minutes every yes, Sunday. 60 Minutes. The f- 6 o'clock news, the 10 o'clock news. Um, what's the Sunday morning ones? There's two, There was two on Sunday morning. Something with the sun. It was like the sun... Not that we didn't watch that one. We watched my father and I would like watch the political one on Sundays. Wow. So there was a lot of news, but we never watched Spanish language news. Mm-hmm. There was no. never Sava. The only time I ever watched clips of Sábado Gigante was at my grandfather's house because he watched it for the mm-hmm. TNA. Oh, yeah. That was it. That I mean, I, there was never any Spanish language television in the house except for Que Pasa USA. 
At, so at my grandparents' house, it was different. It was Sábado Gigante. It was Caso Cerrado, which I have to tell this story because my grandfather, que descansa en paz, who I absolutely loved. He was my second father. My grandfather, would we would go over in the afternoons to visit, you know, when I could drive already and I was whatever. I would go by and hang out with him a little bit in the afternoons and he'd be watching Caso Cerrado. And you were not allowed to talk to him while it was on. But if a commercial came on, he would retell every part of the segment that we had just watched together in English as though I had not understood it and then give his commentary and then it would come back on and it was silence again, like through the whole episode or whatever. <laughs> he was so into it. It was amazing. Uh, but yeah, that he would watch. And then we would, when we were there, there would be um the different like more definitely novelas my grandma was all about the novelas i remember watching topacio with her which if anybody remembers topacio please give a shout out because so it's very rare that i find somebody that was like oh my gosh yes topacio so if you ever watch topacio i'm giving you a blank stare because i don't my even jam. know what that is and then there was the little one with all the kids that were in a school carousel, carousel de niños. yes yes carousel i watched that one with my grandmother so yeah tv was very different at my grandparents house and then there was the chilindrina and you know all all the characters um were associated with my grandparents house from spanish tv for sure and i same same so at my grandfather's house there was sabado gigante on i when i lived briefly during college with my grandmother and my aunt grace um we watched carousel de niños we watched um um, shit the El Chapulín Colorado, Colorado. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so there was I got a lot more of that when I was living with them than I did when I was growing up in in my household in El Paso with the exception of Que Pasa USA which I think speaks to, to a couple different things one in our household yes I've already established that um, there was a high level of assimilation, so we weren't really going to watch Spanish language television. But also, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot on that was for our gente, right? No. Que pasa USA, for those who aren't in the Gen X population or maybe a little bit older or a little bit younger, it was a situation comedy that was done by PBS and it was it was taped out of Miami. So it was based on a Cuban family. Mm -hmm. The grandparents are from Cuba. The grandparents and parents are for, from Cuba. And then the younger Jen was born in Florida. Right, and, and this so you, ran from 77 to 1980. Right, so it's old even for us. Right, we so, were watching reruns. If we ever saw it, it was a rerun. That was a spider. Oh, we have the most amazing studio. Just yes. FYI, we are in a automotive shop of sorts. I think it's badass, and sometimes just nature comes and jumps up on you. I sprayed myself down with mosquito repellent before we came in here. I'm just hoping that they're repelled <laughs> by the nature based <laughs> on our proximity. Right. <laughs> so, Que Pasa USA was was a situational comedy by PBS. And it was their first comedy that they ever did. And it was their first anything having to do with like, that wasn't news per se, having to do with the Latinx community. And they also note that it was the first bilingual sitcom ever 
and they did not subtitle what was spoken in Spanish. So when the grandparents spoke in Spanish, you either just understood it in context or you didn't. That was it. I think that's important to note because, and part and part of what we're going to be talking about this first portion is Que Pasa USA versus One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time, yes, Rita Moreno occasionally says a word or two, but it's not half and half or even a quarter and three quarters. Que Pasa USA mm-hmm. was very near half and half English-Spanish, super close, I would say. Because when the grandparents spoke, like the grandparents are monolingual, right? That's the basis. Mm-hmm. They're monolingual. The parents are um, you know, bilingual. And then the kids. the kids are close to monolingual. You can definitely tell that the female actress, who's a, who, the child actress, knows more Spanish than the male you, young adult actor. Mm-hmm. That's very evident. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's super evident in how he speaks, too. Like, I would say that he, he that the kids are definitely pochos or pochexes, right? Right. They're all in that assimilation. Their friends come over and they're talking about how their grandparents speak and what foods they're eating and the whole... It is about generational assimilation. They're talking about the language differences to the clothing differences in within those generations of the grandparents, their children, and then their children, Right, so it's three generations of Cubans who are now in America and and what they're dealing with, basically. And they're all in the big picture dealing with the same thing, but depending on the person and the age group, it can be very different. So they're very, uh, It's it was a great show. If you're interested in checking it out because either you remember it or you have no idea what the hell we're talking about, if you go to the PBS website, you can actually look up a few episodes and some interviews with the actors later on. Um, or also I, I saw all of mine on YouTube mm-hmm. so there was only like 39 episodes created total okay and and it, it's not one of those things where you have to have watched the second episode to understand what's going on with the first or anything like that like literally you can pick up any particular episode and and watch it and still you know get a couple chuckles or whatever because it's still it's situational comedy and, it, and mm-hmm. it's kind of funny but it does very clearly speak to and I don't know if this was on purpose from PBS but it very clearly speaks to the different generations the assimilation factor but in a and it but it's brought to you in a way that's still kind of funny right and the difference that I'm seeing between Que Pasa USA and uh, one day at a time. And to be honest, I didn't watch the one day at a time in its for, in its original. Mm-hmm. And I did. I remember watching that. And I remember the Schneider character and all the seventies. Like I know what the show was about. I get. I re- I I can remember it, but I don't remember sitting and watching mm-hmm. it. And for the reboot of one day at a time, because we don't have. I have not had like cable television or regular television in at least a decade. I've been living my life off of the Netflixes, the mm-hmm. YouTubes, or the Primes, the Streaming Amazon Primes. business. Right. So I have not, I didn't watch it the second time around because we were going to talk about this because Netflix pulled it off of their rotation. I wanted to give it a go and it, it appealed to me and it was funny. And even more importantly, at least for this round, so I had been watching in the past like two weeks or so, I've been watching episodes of One uh, One Day at a Time and Que Pasa USA. Mm-hmm. My kids 
were not the girls in particular because they hang out with us more often and they're how old just for reference they're 15 they're both 15 mm-hmm. um so when my partner and i are watching tv the girls are more likely to come out and hang out with us than the boys are they were not interested in que pasa usa right it's, it's clearly it's spanish english they and don't it's understand. clearly dated and cl- yes as a matter of fact one of the girls was like, why is it so grainy? Yes. Because it's old and it's I'm old. old and we're all old. Right. Um, but they were totally interested. They took out their headphones and were watching one day at a time because it it was relevant. It's mm-hmm. current. There's current topics. Like one of the, the daughter on, on one day at a time is uh, is gay. and But the thing about one day at a time is... And I could tell my mom's been watching it. She's been using my Netflix to watch because we're already on season three. And I'm like, how the hell did I get to season three? She's using your Netflix password because you're Latino. Yes. <laughs> she, <laughs> then I, half of America then is Latino because or Latinx yes. because they're, they're using everybody else's passwords yes. too. I, I'm on purpose, just super quick. I on purpose bumped it up. So that way my mom can watch and we can watch at home on different, you know, streaming networks if necessary. Yeah, so I didn't know that was a thing. And I was using your Netflix password for a long time. Uh huh. And then one day it was like, you're using too many screens. And I was like, Bala. wait, <laughs> has Kat been seeing this message over and over while I've been binging whatever it was at the time? And then I felt really bad and I got my own Netflix. <laughs> no, account. at that particular time. And this is so, so Latinx, right? Like, you had the password. Our friend Sarah had the password. <laughs> <laughs> so all three of us were watching at the same time. So you don't even know who to kid. blame. That's why you weren't texting me. What, yeah, one of, the, one of the three of us was watching, at, plus my mom. Well, I So apologize. there were several different households that were Whatever. Like, I it's got a, my own. Mira, no tiene $12. Right? It's fine. Well, so, the, a, a, a lot of people don't realize that one day at a time was previously like in late. It was seventy five to eighty four is when the original was on, and it was a white family, um, single mom with two daughters in this apartment building, and the the handyman Schneider was all in their business all the time. And I mean, I, Valerie Bertinelli was actually one of the daughters in the original. Uh, so I remember watching bits and pieces. I don't remember that it was like, you know, life changing or whatever. But then when this new one came out, the Schneider character is what triggered my memory of the original because he was just kind of a funny character. I don't remember him being Canadian like in the new one. But in the new one, the grandmother, Rita Moreno, who is just, you know, classic. Yeah, classic Latina actor. Right. Right. She's big. She's big shit. She's a big deal. She's a big deal. And she only speaks Spanish. And they're Cuban. So they're also Cuban, like uh, Que Pasa USA, which is, I think, what kind of gave me the... Made me think again about Que Pasa USA and the way that it was just situational comedy, the way that it was filmed, which I had to ask you. There there must be some kind of cinematography, some kind of filming that is done that makes it this particular experience for the audience right so que pasa usa was filmed in front of a live audience but one day at a time was um like canned laughter canned laughter press the button (laughs) clap now whatever but i when i looked it up they actually so they won uh or they had emmy nominations i don't know if they actually won for outstanding multi-camera picture editing for a comedy series that's a thing i want to commend you on doing your homework on this it's a thing it's a thing that is outstanding that you did your homework, A. 
And B, it's outstanding that this show, which was locally produced, who watches PBS except for, you know, nerdsical type of families, unless you're a child and watching Sesame Street. (gasps) Yes. Who watches it? So for it to get an Emmy award for for its work, and it's short-lived, it didn't go on very long. Right. And this is, I just want to put this out there. Just like with the Weedy Weedy where I thought, oh, only our family talks about it. I legit did not think that anybody else watched Que Pasa USA or would even remember the song. And the only part of the song, to be to be fair, the only part of the song I remember was the Que Pasa USA. But I thought for sure, like I was the only one who watched that as a kid. I had to ask my brother if he, if it was just in my memory or if he remembered watching, watching Mm -hmm. and he does like vaguely, but he does. And I, I just, I think that's interesting. Like it was, it's this gem that that's there, but we didn't give it as much credence for being there. I also think something that contributed to us watching PBS in general is the level of availability of cable or streaming like none of this was a thing so if you had a basic cable package or if you had the big antenna with with foil foil, Mm -hmm. for real and the pinzas to change the channel yes if you had that and you had that weird channel that was like uf uhc uf what was it it was uhc i think do you know what i'm talking about yes it was some weird-ass channel. I don't know why it was a letter. All the other channels were numbers, and there was a weird-ass channel with letters. VHF and UHF. Two and you had channels to with letters. switch over. Yes. Premium. And for real, why did everybody lose the hand, like the turny thing on the TV, and then you had to have the pinzas, and it was this little silver thing that you had to like twist and turn. Hallelujah that we weren't the only ones who had pinzas on no, our No, we TV. had the pinzas. That was the remote. Get up. Change the channel. Cambialo. Andele, mija. Vete, por favor. So that, I think, had a big thing to do with it because PBS was one of the channels that you could get on the Pinsa TV, right? <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> Pinsa TV. That's, that was one of the channels. So you watched what was available. You weren't like, no, nah, I'm going to stream some other thing, watch YouTubers or influencers or whatever the hell. No DVR, none of that shit. You watched it when it was on, and that was it. If you missed it, mm-hmm. you're done. I just want to also say that PBS has been fucking woke since we were kids because they had this show, but they also have been super inclusive on Sesame Street. They have been woke for longer than... Sesame Street is... They have my heart. That They have been awesome and ahead of the curve. Go PBS. Amazing. Go donate to PBS, wherever you are. Okay, so then here's this question for you on Que Pasa USA versus One Day at a Time, the Mm -hmm. reboot... The reboot remix which one for you personally has had a bigger impact oh i loved the new one day at a time i really did i started watching it and it's it's very light it's funny and they do tackle some heavy stuff like the mom is an army vet who has ptsd uh, I can relate in many, many ways to her ptsd because she and she talks about it and it and again heavy subject made funny 
right? And that's totally how I deal with my stress is make things funny, be sarcastic with it. So I, it spoke to me in that way. Also, the daughter is gay. There's all the issues that come along with her just figuring out who she is as an adolescent and then also being gay. That's this whole other layer and dealing with that. And her dad, who's very macho, who's not accepting initially. And sorry, spoiler alert, if you have not watched all of One Day at a Time, spoiler alert. Um, and then I also was just very moved by the fact that after three seasons with Netflix, One Day at a Time was canceled, and our gente on the internet... Through chanclas at the TV. Through chanclas was ready to fight, like braid in my hair, hold my hoops, done. Like bring back One Day at a Time. There was all this stuff going on. And then Rita Moreno would post little things like, oh, the last time I did one. It was heartbreaking for me because I'm like like we've talked about representation matters and here is here are our people and i say our people in the wide spectrum of latinx people because they're cuban i'm not cuban but in that moment i'm like they're brown i'm brown we need to see this on tv so um they were picked up by pop tv don't even know what that is pop tv is picking them up for season four so you'll be able to watch more one day at a time and it just made me happy that this light-hearted show that's taking on heavy topics and has Rita Moreno speaking Spanish only. And she does throw in some English now and then. Like she'll do some broken English with a heavy accent. And it's just, she's always dancing. And it does remind me a lot of my grandma. Just kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's great. I, I absolutely loved it. And I think, so which one affected me more? I don't know. Because I think seeing people speak Spanish on TV mixed with English and seeing the kids and all all of the things that were going on as a child was impactful for me which is why I remember the show because it wasn't happening and now it feels like one day at a time is definitely bringing that back and people are talking about that more and the representation so I think both in a different way um, have kind of done the same thing for me as a human I'm going to agree with um, with Que Pasa USA being the only, like the impact that it had on me as a youth, which at the time I wasn't really like cognizant of. I wasn't breaking it down. and You weren't and woke putting, when you were four? I was not woke when I was <laughs> not four, not five. Shit, I'm still not woke today. <laughs> but seeing that subconsciously was like, oh, that that's, that's exactly what my family is like. My grandparents didn't speak English. My parents were bilingual. I am monolingualish you know I understand Spanish but I will respond in English for the most part so seeing that was impactful but mm -hmm. when I was watching one day at a time and the girls my my two, my daughters were in the room and they were watching with my partner and I and my partner was there it was impactful in that now they got a glimpse of what my family would have been like. Like my, my, my yeah. kids never got to meet my grandparents because my grandparents have passed along. They've been gone for a long time. Yes. So they never had an opportunity to meet any of my kids. But this gives them a glimpse as to what would have gone on in my house mm -hmm. in a way that is palatable for them. And again, we watched both. We watched Que Pasa USA. Well, we, it was on in the living room. They right. could join or not. Mm -hmm. They did not join for Que Pasa USA. There's no subtitles. There's no nothing. Right. Not even my partner was interested. And she's she's got some Spanish roots in her, in her family. Mm -hmm. Not really that interested because she doesn't understand it as well as I do. And yeah. 
and and I'll, I'll so both have been impactful, but I think one is a little bit more in the present because the the girls were in there and watching and were just as interested uh, watching it as I was. The other thing that I wanted to say about this is a couple interesting parallels that I had found the very first episode, the pilot of Que Pasa USA, and then the very first episode of One Day at a Time, both dealt with quinceañeras and how mm-hmm. the daughters in different ways were kind of iffy and didn't want it. Right. And then how they dealt with being gay. So Que Pasa USA had one episode <laughs> where it was, is Joe gay? And it, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. it was pretty fucking horrible. Like <laughs> the way that they handled it was pretty shitty, right? Is Joe a fresa? And so exactly like <laughs> the dad was all, so the premise is spoiler alert, but damn, if you, if shit, it was in the seven, late seventies. If so you come on. don't know how it ended, we're sorry. Right? The time has passed. The dad, super macho, they had found books in his room that were about homosexuality. Books? Books. And the reason that he had those books in his room was because he was doing a story about like being gay or a local gay bar. It wasn't really even explained that well. The premise was just how a macho father could not deal with his son in the possibility of being Porque gay. Era gay. Right. Yeah. And one day at a time does, I mean, world of difference. Late 70s, 2000s definitely going to be different in how you handle it Mm -hmm. but even them bringing it forward in the context of being latinx that's oh it's huge yeah amen for for, that time period for pbs being woke on that even if they handled it pretty shittily just the fact that it was even there the fact that it made it on tv then exactly huge so yeah i mean and at that time a lot of people could probably relate to that reaction of that father and all of that where now this is with the times it's updated it's yeah definitely a difference definitely a difference and i appreciate both of them for what they were and interestingly for you as for me the song never left my head que pasa usa mm-hmm before we actually watch the show in the house and I would sing the jingle, my partner would be like, what the hell are you singing? Like, what is that? <laughs> Hilarity. And then I'd have to, exp- you know, the first time I explained it, I was like, oh, there was this show. I didn't even realize it was from PBS. And neither did I until you said that the other day. I mean, with I, I was this many days old when I learned it was PBS. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. But that show was definitely, like, <laughs> it was pretty interesting and in a lot of ways, hilarious. The the episode where the grandmother is like, I'm useless now. And she confuses a nursing home with the word nursery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all sorts of things I ensue. But also, one day at a time, giving it up for having Rita Moreno. Love her. And Gloria Estefan on <gasps> one episode. Sisters, where they both they're sisters. Oh. And that was when I realized how fucking short Gloria Stefan is. So cute. And only one of them is actually Cuban. All the things. Excellent. So check it out. Check out One Day at a Time if you haven't. Definitely go look up Que Pasa USA. And if you used to watch it as a kid, let us know because we know we were not the only ones. Or maybe we were and that's why it only had, what, 39 episodes. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be like the Pocha podcast. If you if you haven't seen it, I definitely want to hear what you have to say about it. Same. You're listening to the Pocha podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we just got finished with our first uh, first portion of the show talking about 
the differences and similarities between Que Pasa USA and One Day at a Time, the reboot. And next we're going to move on to something that's kind of, I mean, we kind of talked about it in the last Weedy Weedy, only because it's been brought up with the debates. When to, if you're not Latinx, when to, to use Spanish, when not to use Spanish. And for those of us who are Pochexes, how comfortable you are in using Spanish. And when does that comfort level differ situationally? Because for me, absolutely. So I have here the, and you can you can Google this as well. It's on YouTube. But the very first debate, YouTube. Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, and Julian Castro, to a very limited extent, spoke a little, dropped a little bit of Spanish to us, right? And here it is. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en el éxito de esta economía. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada, votar, ca cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. La, situa la situación ahora es inaceptable. SD presidente ha atacado, ha demonizado los inmigrantes. Es inaceptable y voy a cambiar este. Oh, Congresista O'Rourke, ¿qué haría usted en el primer día, si usted es presidente, sobre esta realidad que está ocurriendo? What would you do, Congressman, day one at the White House? Vamos a tratar cada persona con el respeto y dignidad que merecen como humanos. Uh, me llamo Julián Castro. So those were in order. It was Bethel O'Rourke and then Cory Booker and then a question posed to Bethel O'Rourke and then the very last one right, was... Who? What's his name? Is it Jorge Ramos? I believe it was. He I didn't is the bomb, by the way. Okay, go on. So those were the voices that we heard. One of them... Okay, so one of them is Latinx and he admits to being in a Pochex situation where he doesn't have a grasp of Spanish like um, like his his family who came over. Like he, So he's an immig uh, his grandparents, if I want to say that it was his grandparents who came over, they knew Spanish. He, like some of us in the Pochex, Gen, Gen Mex, Gen X, Gen Latinx communities have lost it subsequently because of our assimilation. Beto, and that's Julian Castro, right? That's Julian mm -hmm. Castro, former mayor of San Antonio, former secretary. Uh, I can't even remember what cabinet he was secretary of, with the, and I'm totally sorry about that, uh, secretary in the Obama administration. And then there was Beto O'Rourke, who's from El Paso. So he's from my home, hometown. His name is Robert O'Rourke, but he grew up in, you know, obviously El Paso is a Latinx heavy city, and he he grew up with, even though he wasn't himself Latinx, he grew up in, in a neighborhood that called him Beto as his nickname, and it just stuck. And then we also heard from Cory Booker, who's originally from Jersey, mayor in, 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 uh, in Jersey, and he is also trying to speak to an audience that needs to, you know, you, you need to rally and get your vote from there. And um, just going back super quick, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. That's what Julian Castro was. Mm -hmm. So three different types of people utilizing Spanish in their own way, because obviously Julian's isn't as, I don't want to say as, it, 
Good makes it sound like I'm making a judgment call, but he's not as fluent as Beto is, which is a little ironic, right? Like I even find that with some of the folks in my world, there are some folks who speak Spanish a lot better than I do. But then the question is, and there was a lot of debate about after the debates, who should be speaking Spanish, when you can speak Spanish, and how comfortable as a Pochex individual you feel about using Spanish. And, okay, for Corey, I get it. He's not, a, he's not a natural speaker. He was really only doing it just to get the vote, right? He just wants to appeal to some brown folks to vote for him. Is that your opinion? Public My opinion. Opi- okay. My opinion. Mm-hmm. Public opinion, I actually don't remember what they said about it. I mean, there's some people in my circle have said Beto and Corey have zero business using Spanish, whether or not it's to garner votes. Mm-hmm. It's really just pandering. I have a little bit of a soft spot, admittedly, for Beto because he's from El Paso, because you pick it up naturally when you're there, and he has this history of being part a public official for quite some time, and he would have had to appeal to that to the to that demographic because that's where he's from like he would have had just being a public official in that area you would have had to have known some spanish in order to represent Mm -hmm. so i don't like i have a soft spot for that like i don't give him a hard time for dropping some spanish in debate when he's running for president Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel disingenuous to me right it felt more disingenuous to me that cory booker was doing it Mm -hmm. even though i understand that he's running for president and that the next communities are part of the electoral vote that he needs to get in order to get there. Right. And I think that's very, you just broke down the argument, right? There are different ways that people have come up, come at this. Listening to these gentlemen speak Spanish. It is judging whether or not they should be speaking Spanish in the first place and why they're choosing to do so. And then the other part of that argument is, how good was their Spanish? Was the accent terrible? Was the grammar incorrect? Breaking down the actual Spanish they were speaking. So for me, I, well, and in that, there's a whole other argument of if they are speaking Spanish in order to connect with the Latino community, Latinx community, how do we know if it's authentic how do we know and and you're right for Beto we say he grew up in El Paso like if you're not connected to Mexican American people Mexicans if you're not connected to that living on the border before the wall was the topic of everyday conversation where were you living like on what part of El Paso were you living that this is not a thing for you and we talk about all the time living in the borderland we are in a secret little bubble where you can be brown and it doesn't feel like there's this ridiculous amount of racism in your daily life. Systems and all of that, it's a different thing. But in your daily life, are you walking around being looked at and treated like shit because you're brown? No, you're in the border. You're in the borderland. I find it fascinating that even in our state, in circles that I'm around, Beto is still getting shit because Mm -hmm. he's like a white dude who's using Spanish. And because I'm from this area, I would make the argument with anyone that he's not being inauthentic to who he is because of where he's from. Do you remember when there was this first whole thing coming out about, oh, Beto, oh, he's going by Beto and this and that. And then somebody posted a picture of him like at four years old in a sweatshirt that said Beto on it. (laughs) Like, yo, I didn't just start rocking this 
right. nickname because of looking for this platform that I don't belong to right this was my nickname because I grew up in Chuko town like it's Chuko town this is you get the nickname Wero, Miklo, whatever you get the nickname and it's six because that's the culture that's the culture it's the borderland culture it's not whether you're white or brown or whatever you grew up like that like my husband is a super white boy and he will say he did not know he was white he didn't know there was a difference until he was in the fifth grade because I don't even remember what the situation was, but he was so immersed in that brown, Mexican-American, Latino, borderland culture that he did not realize he was different. And I guess that gives us this edge on other folks. So if you're watching the debates and you are of Latinx descent and you're living in like Oklahoma or if you're living in Washington or what have you, you might think that it's odd that this this white dude named Beto is coming out and speaking and using that language. But for me, it's completely normal, in part because my mom used to live in his congressional district, but I'm also from El Paso, in which I know that there are plenty of people just like Beto who have a nickname and who can speak Spanish just as well, if not better than I can. Right. Definitely understand it like I can. So I feel like I have this privilege and need to drop some knowledge on people and be like, no, really, but he's not being an asshole. He's not just trying to get a vote. This is who he is. He has to speak this way in order to be, you know, a congressional uh, delegate for this area because he has to go out and he has to speak to his gente, which would be He doesn't have to. In fairness, because I'm sure there have been plenty of white folks who have been in that situation who did not connect with the people in that way. It was just a natural thing for him. He used it because it was part of who he was. It wasn't a ploy. It wasn't, like you said, disingenuous. It was just how he grew up and who he was. That was part of who he was. And that's how he connected to the community. Fair. And I've just been schooled. That's totally true. Before him, I believe it was Silvestre Reyes. And Mm -hmm. before him, I think it was not a person of color. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, you're totally right. I've been schooled. Absolutely. Dang. So then, okay, so then let's let's shift a little bit to, and we have talked a little bit about Julian Castro. Yes, he was our potro of the hour. I know I have a, spot, a soft spot for Beto because of where he's from and all the things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a soft spot for Julian because if I was running for president and I was trying to be inclusive and reach out to my gente I would stumble the fumble and sound sound ignorant of my language even though mm-hmm. I would know the words or whatever I would just be scared to use it mm-hmm. in trying to speak to them and trying to reach out to them my Spanish would sound broken and shitty and mm-hmm. grammatically incorrect mm-hmm. so I feel for him because I think like he and I are in the same right in the same sitch we have the immigrant family background. We have the grandparents who were uh, Spanish-only speaker, speakers. My generation, in in terms of the the grandchildren of our immigrant grandparents, understand probably you know don't speak it as well. And then our kids don't speak it. Mm-hmm. So I feel for him in that regard. Like he's been he's been getting shit from another from the other side of like you should know better and but also also there was a, a piece i can't remember where it was from but they were saying like well he doesn't know anybody an explanation like right that, just is that was like a remezcla piece i remezcla, think you're yeah. right you're right so and it is it's 
It is the pocha breakdown. It is the reason we have this podcast. You're too white to be speaking Spanish, and you're too brown to be speaking that shitty of Spanish. So where is the... And then Cory Booker was like, no, just don't. You're black, bro, don't. Like, but where do we break it down? How do we know? I don't know Cory Booker's history. I don't know what neighborhood he grew up in. I don't know if his mom only spoke. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's Afro-Latino. I really don't know the difference. I don't know what the breakdown is. And is it my place to judge? Do we just say, oh, thank goodness everyone's trying? Do we just appreciate in contrast to our current president and the attitude towards brown people or Spanish-speaking people that has seemed pretty apparent? where do we draw the line and it is our place is it our place to draw the line and it it brought up a conversation between us you and i about well are there times where you feel more comfortable speaking spanish you've previously talked about being in the grocery store with your mom and that would be a common thing where you would speak spanish and not think twice about it and then you have julian castro who you've said you feel like this kind of you know i don't know camaraderie with in spirit you're on the most public platform possible pretty much and well actually i don't know probably more people watch youtube than like watch the <laughs> debates so maybe not the most public but you get my point truth he's talking to a whole lot of fucking people that care what he's saying and are hanging on his every word and what he's wearing and how his hair looks and how brown he is and all that shit and then he chooses to speak spanish knowing damn well he's going to be judged for it and do you go there and I've been in that position very much where, so I was a bilingual teacher for a very long time. 13 years of my life I spent as a teacher and I absolutely loved it. I loved my students. I loved the families that I was so, so, so blessed to work with. And I had to hold IEP meetings, which are like these legal, you fill out all this paperwork. People are signing legal documents. It's very, very important to, I mean, it it really does, it could have a, a potentially huge impact on a child's life. And especially in elementary school, you could be signing on to a diagnosis or a some kind of accommodations that could really alter the course of their life. And not to be dramatic, but that, I mean, it's real, you know, and I, I, I held every meeting with that level of severity. And when I was presented with opportunities to do those meetings in Spanish and conduct those meetings in Spanish, I had to study. I had to make damn sure that what I was talking about was not just the vocabulary that was the legal official vocabulary, but also for people that didn't understand that vocabulary, broken down into real life terms about what am I signing? Because this is about my child and it was real. So I had to study and there, I mean, and I had to admit when there were times when there was a really severe diagnosis or a really complicated diagnosis or something like that, where we would call in interpreters because I knew I could not do justice to the conversation that needed to be held with these parents. And it there are some topics that i just don't have the vocabulary for i mean in our work right now there come sometimes when there's press conferences or things like that that come up around particular topics that i didn't sit around the dinner table talking about these things with my family and so i have to study and at the end of it do i sound like i should be having that conversation well that could be interpreted many many ways and people could have their opinions on it so and again going Am I talking on the, when I talk to my own mother, if I'm trying to talk about my kid or something that's, you know, I don't want my kid to know about, we definitely talk in Spanish, but that's a different level of, it's not academic Spanish. It's not, 
correct Spanish, if that's what you want to say. It's very Spanglish. It's very familial things. The colloquial colloquialism. Oh, I always colloquialism. Thank you. All that. How many beers have you had? Maybe. Just kidding. It's been a long day. Y'all don't know. It's been a long day. So, okay. So I have a question for you. Specific to candidates who are running for any office. Mm-hmm. When is it pandering? Mira. I know. Tough question. Because I don't have an answer for that either. Because I'm, I'm more willing. I'm, I think I think I'm more willing to give people a pass than some of the activists that I mm-hmm. know in my world. And I say that saying that I am an activist in my own way for my own from my own perspective, right? So yes. this this like very Genmex, Borderland, Bocek's perspective. I'm more willing to give a pass or to try to understand than some folks I know, Same. which is fine. That's their that's their mm-hmm. prerogative, their paradigm. But so for Cory Booker, not a native Spanish speaker, mm-hmm. we don't know his background specifically, but we can for sure say he's not a native Spanish speaker. Right. Was he pandering? I think it goes back to intention. And I can't know a person's intention. I don't know their life. I don't know if they're saying, you know what? The Latino population has been oppressed. They've been underrepresented. They've been marginalized. And as a man of color, I get that. And I want them to know I'm trying. Or if he's saying, there are a lot of damn Latinos out there. I better make sure they vote for me. So I'm going to try to speak Spanish in an effort to show them that I give a shit. I don't know. It's about intention. And I, I mean, I think it goes to, this is not just about, can you speak Spanish? This is about what is your history? It's about how have you previously worked to make sure that this population, that my gente has been taken care of? How have you shown up in the past? Because that's what it's really about. It's not about if you can speak Spanish. It's not about if you can announce yourself on a public platform as running for presidente. It's beyond that. I really did think that we would, on the second debates, and by now, by the time of this recording, we've only had two debates for the, the at least the Democratic Party. Right now, there's no one who's primarying uh, the current president. So I thought that by now in the second debate, there would be a little bit more, but I think a little bit more Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. No one spoke any kind of Spanish in the second debate at all. Not Corey, not Julian, although he does say Julian. Mm-hmm. And that's very, that in and of itself is a statement. Right? So not Julie, he's not, not saying Julian. Julian. Castro. Right. right. It's Julian Castro. That's, and you're right. That is a statement in itself. It is. And most of when, when I heard, hmm, it was it had to have been on on NPR, but I can't remember if it was like a wrap up or what have you. But they say Julian, and I'm like, that's one G away from being a hooligan. Stop! It's Julian. <laughs> you know what? That always baffles me, really, because when you hear someone say Julian, can you copy and say Julian? It's not like you're only seeing it in written form and trying Ju- Julian, Julianne. You're not just reading it on a piece of paper. You're listening to it. Can you not copy that? It drives me insane. It drives me insane that that happens to my last name all the time. Yeah, I'm just going to out myself. It's Sanchez. (gasps) But I hear Sanchez, Mm -hmm. and I just want to, like, like, that's not what I said. Yeah. No. I remember when I moved to Austin, so born and raised New Mexican, 
Las Cruces, all the way. But I lived in Austin for 10 years. You know people are from there when they talk about the street names because there's a street called Guadalupe and I legit was supposed to go to a job interview on this street. And this was before we had ways and maps and all that crap. I didn't even have a cell phone, right? So I'm driving around and I'm like, I'm lost. And I stop somewhere and I call my friend who's from the, well, she's from Cañutio, but Lives was in living area. in mm-hmm. Austin now. So she knew my situation, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm looking for Guadalupe and I am not seeing Guadalupe. She's like, it's Guadalupe, but people <laughs> don't know that. So I'm looking for like Guadalupe, right? Cannot find the damn street. She's like, it's Guadalupe. Oh Someone should have told you that. But people, there was a, a a really popular like body shop or something that was something and i had seen it but then when i heard the radio ad it was like ellis and salazar shut up salazar mm-hmm. at least salazar wow. but no salazar that happens all the time it does. in california california where like ventura avenue is ventura but it's ventura right and uh verde it was a green, super mm, close verde. To, yeah, it mm-hmm. was verde and not verde. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I think I got like, I don't know, like um, egotistical Latinx. I think I know better hot pants. And and I would be like, it's it's fucking like it's Ventura or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know why I got that chip on my shoulder about it, but I started getting all like butthurt about how Californians pronounce certain things. No, uh, mad love to my Californian listeners out there who are hanging out and listening to us. But I did kind of get like a chip on my shoulder about it after a while, after living there for a while, I was like, fuck, can't you just, you know, the history of the state, can't you just make an effort? But no. Baja. Baja. I know like our neighbors to the North are Colorado, but it's Colorado. Right. Mm. Well, Los Angeles. I know, Los Angeles. Santa I mean, Fe. All these, yeah. Cruces, Las Cruces, mm-hmm. Las Cruces. Even El Paso. And I'm I'm just as guilty because when I'm here and I'm talking about it, it's El Paso. But when I'm thinking about it, it's El Paso. I know, I get it. I've assimilated even that too. So Cat. I was getting butt hurt for nothing. Charlene. You said two very important words. Give me my beer. That's, That's not two. <laughs> what did I say that was very and important in two words? You said Colorado and you said verde. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And that makes me think of Chile. Que hay de nuevo. Yes. So you're listening to the Pocha podcast. You are Charlene. <gasps> and your cat. Woo! And so now we've come, we've got almost come full circle here to the ending part of our show where we're going to be talking about Que hay de nuevo. Yes. So there's an ongoing feud. Ongoing because this didn't just happen this year. Like, even though because there was a Twitter war about it this year, it's been going on for some time. Yes. And that is, whose Chile is better? Colorados or Nuevo Mexico's? And we've been in this war with other other people before. I feel like other places have tried to bring their Chile. Got your, your, like, California Chile. Anaheim. You've got your poblano peppers. Just sit at home. You've got all kinds of other competition, quote unquote. 
But we live. I'm rolling my eyes right now. In the land of New Mexico, true. Hatch. Hatch Chile. green Chile. Chile, Colorado. That is, in my opinion, which also happens to be fact, the best. <laughs> <laughs> so recently this started with, I think it was the governor of Colorado who said that Colorado, Chile is the best. Pueblo, Chile. And to that, there was, I mean, that just like sparked it, right? That was like, light the fire, put the gasoline on it, and then Nuevo Mexicanos dropped the gloves. They took off their hoop earrings. Including MLG. MLG, our, ma- our, our governor, governor. She said, hold my hair. Oh, right? Mm-hmm. And fisticuffs ensued via Twitter. Yes. Which is the new form of Hunger Games fighting in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> And all sorts of people got into this. It was just, I mean, it was a friendly competition. We it's knew hilarious. He's, he's, he, I mean, the governor of Colorado was probably doing it just to... Look, this is great PR. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing PR. And Giving in a time where shit is heavy as fuck, there are mass shootings, there are children in cages, there's... I mean, it is a hard, hard life if you're paying attention in the world. And then this dude comes out like, you've got the better. best Chile. Look at my Chile. And then all sorts of opinions, all sorts oh. of, you know, science facts of we have more capsaicin per chili pod <laughs> than you do. Which is good for you. All the way down to, well, which state actually has an official question? New Mexico is the only one because red or green or Christmas. Which is a northern thing. And so for those of you who don't know, red or green means do you prefer red chili or green chili? And then Christmas means you put both together because Merry Christmas. I just want to say, even though it is great PR, come on, Colorado, you know better. You know so much better. When California sits out on this one and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to keep my Anaheim shut. You know, you know you're in a in a bad debate. You're in a wrong wrong room, wrong time, wrong question. Just don't. Just don't. Just sit at home. Just eat your chile and be happy that you have second best. And there were place. hilarious memes going back and forth that was that were like Colorado, you grow the weed, we'll grow the chile. Because <laughs> come on, let's just be friends. You make pot brownies, or you know what? Let's make some magic enchiladas. Let's yes. work together. Let's be one in the Chile weed life. Yes. Can we just put the best of both worlds forward? Can't we all just get along? New Mexico brings its best. Colorado brings its best. And we have the most amazing Chile enchiladas ever. And then you can have one Chile enchilada green and one Chile enchilada red. And then call it a day. Yeah, and I mean, Hatch is, they're they are famous for their green chili. They're famous for their red chile. They're famous for world, no, worldwide production here in our state that is wonderful, sent all over the world, right? This is Hatch green chile. It's a thing. They have a chile festival. You can get, there's these people out of Deming. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what kind of magic they put in these quesadillas, but it's like asadero cheese with amazing, bubbly, puffy, delicious tortillas with green chile strips in the middle, like fresh roasted. I'll be right back. It is heaven in your mouth. It is amazing. 
I tell you what. The reason that the UFOs landed in Roswell as opposed to Colorado was not because of Colorado's chili. No. No. They came to Roswell because they were like, Is this Hatch? Is this Hatch? Oh, wrong. Sorry. My bad. We're a little bit further east of it. Yeah. That's the only reason. They had, they were just, uh, their GPS was slightly off. And the pobrecitos little aliens were sad at the end of the day. I'm going to deviate just a quick second on the, but it's a tangential deviation. Is it about aliens? No, it's about, it's about enchiladas. (laughs) Oh. The first time I don't, okay. So I will start off by saying, I don't ever remember having a sunny side up or otherwise egg on an enchilada ever until I officially moved to New Mexico and was going to college here. Really? That for me, in my experience, was not a question that you asked in El Paso. Do you want an egg and do you want onion? That comes after what chili color do you want? Onion, yes. Yes, got it. But Mm. egg? I moved to, to Las Cruces and I, you know, my family is from here. They, they were not from, but they settled here. So I would visit a lot. We would come to some of the restaurants, but I don't ever remember there being an egg question until I moved here. And I, I, you know, I love New Mexico. I'm going to put that out there. So don't get this wrong in context. But I was like, what's wrong with you people putting eggs on your enchiladas? Doesn't that just take away? But okay, I get it now. Delicious. I get it. My stepmom grew up in Oklahoma, Alabama, different places that were not brown heavy. And she then moved to New Mexico and has been here for many, 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 many years. And she tells me of a story of after living here for a long time, they went somewhere. Her and my dad went traveling somewhere. And they were talking they had like enchiladas on the menu so like oh enchiladas on me oh what what kind of enchiladas do you have and the lady was like what do you mean and she's like well are they red or green and the lady said brown what and she's like oh what is a brown enchilada it legit just was like tortilla with cheese with hormel chili on top and hormel chili out of a can is like a brown color so the waitress really didn't know how to answer that question and was like um it's brown because it was brown ew i don't even know what to say to that i know that's when you spell chili c-h-i-l-i as Uh opposed to c-h-i-l-e word and even then if you spell it incorrectly even in a text message to someone from the borderland area they will correct you. Did you mean Chile with an E? Because I don't know what the hell you're talking about otherwise. We're not at Chili's. No. No, and we're not making Texas Chile. No. Different Chile, thing. Whatever with beans. Different thing. Different thing completely. Mm-hmm. No, I... Uh, so the hilarious thing is these governors have gone back and forth with whose Chile is better. We've had major chili corporations from New Mexico writing letters and challenges to Colorado. It's it's hilarious to me. Again, great PR. It's lighthearted and super fun. And there's no question who's the winner. So that makes it even better. And usually I love an underdog, but mm-mm. I just want a big fiesta where we can taste test so that I can just eat and it'll be happy and... You and I need to be judges on the enchilada Yes, we front. do. And you know what? If anybody from Colorado is listening and they are like 
you bochas don't even know what you're talking about drive down and bring it bring us your chila bring us your best chila dish and we will have a throwdown. This, this is, is bocha podcast i'm kat i'm charlene we were gonna say that at the same time i know Pinch we poke both, me a coke. oh another one who does that pinch punch you owe me a lunch what <laughs> i just got upped okay so one thing that we a couple of things that um i think we should mention before we close yes. out this uh podcast one we are like stupid close to getting all of our shit together <gasps> on branding okay. and a logo and a logo and all of the things so that way we can update not just what we look like on like our icon looks like on your iTunes or Spotify, but also for our website because our website definitely doesn't match right now and we want everything to be all matchy-matchy, just like Fresas. Muy cute. And the second thing is, okay, so we're doing this as an experiment. Charlene and I, Las Bochas, are going <laughs> up north. We are. And to the big city. We, <laughs> it's a three-hour, t- to put this in perspective. A three-hour tour. You better not get us lost. So we are going to go up to Albuquerque and we are going to record bits and pieces of our conversation. I don't think y'all really need to hear three fucking hours of us farting and scratching. But we'll be picky choosy about the shit that we talk. So it's kind of going to be closer to a weedy weedy, but it's an Mm -hmm. extended road trip weedy weedy. Bonus content. Bonus content that we want to share with you because sometimes we're just... Either ridiculous, ridiculous, slap happy, or serious on our on our our road trips. There's been like the very first time where you and I went out on a straight date. We were pretty serious on our road trip. Like there was That's a lot true. of like we got deep, Heavy. deep. So we're gonna try to see what we talk about. And it's usually just really it really is weedy weedy and random. Totally random. Depends like, what's happening. Right. It and depends on what we're wearing and how early it is, if we're caffeinated, all of the things. So we kind of wanted to share this with you because, you know, for our shows that we record, we have an agenda. We're agenda based. Wow. I know. So we wanted to kind of share with you what shit is like when we don't have thing like we don't have topics and we're just gonna just wing it kind of thing. And if something comes out of it, great. If something doesn't... You'll never hear of this again. Ever. Shh, it didn't happen. And And I recognize that our executive producer is not here with us today, so we haven't had the luxury of her expertise on the sidelines and telling us when we're mumbling, particularly me. I apologize for any previous episodes. And she said, they keep telling me, you need to speak directly into the microphone, but I'm Latina and my head moves a lot. And so sometimes my head gets away from the microphone. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. The one last thing I do want to share is that it was brought to our attention by one of our people that, uh, and I know this as a previous and recovering special education teacher, there are people with different kinds of needs in the realm of learning, listening, reading, all the things. And uh, it was brought to my attention that someone really wanted to be part of our podcast, but because of Um, they're just cognitive differences. We're really having a hard time keeping up with our banter, which is, let's be real, really quick Spanglish nonsense, lots of laughing, lots of ridiculousness. And so uh, asked for a transcription, which was a beautiful request. And I was all about it. And I a thousand percent believe in it. And I'm going to do it. 
but oh my god we it takes time it has taken so long so i'm working on it i promise to get there with our full episodes at some point um so look out for that it's coming i promise if you love twitter we're on twitter Bocha podcast on twitter if you love instagram we're on instagram Bocha podcast on instagram mm-hmm. if you love the facebooks uh we're on facebooks Bocha podcast on facebooks if you love us, then share your love with us, with the world, because, you know, we want to get to all the places and not just Mexico, the United States, and Senegal. More than 12 would be great. <laughs> We're hitting for maybe 50. That would that be would even be awesome. better. Um, so, yeah, share the love, share us, and then watch out for us on the other social media platforms. This has been Episodio Numero Cinco of the Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Charlene. And we will hit back at you with bonus content and so much more in the future. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Bye.